Just when I say, boy, we can't miss, you are golden. Ah. Then you do this. Yeah, I came up with another one, didn't I? You know, I can't believe it's season four before we finally get to the concept of a Steely Dan knockout tournament. Yes. Well, we came up with it a long time ago, but we had to wait for March to roll around. Correct. Because yeah, this yeah. is our annual tradition, third annual tournament um, during this month of March in honor of the March mayhem, because we can't say March madness. Oops. Uh, so it's like the big game. Yeah, the big game. You can't say Super Bowl. Uh, so yeah. So the first year we did the March Yachtness or the Yacht Madness tournament. We never yep. decided on a name. Next year we did the NIT, which was the Yacht Rock Invitational Tournament. Right. And this year we are going to do the March to Madness Tournament. Yeah. So March to Madness. You love to refer to Fagan, and I guess Becker would uh, fall in there too, but you see those guys as mad scientists. Yes. And so we want to dig into the minds of these mad scientists. And it should be pointed out that we did seek to get a sponsorship for this, but we did not hear back from Cuervo Gold and uh, find <laughs> Colombian. We just didn't know who to call. So our sponsorship fell through, but nevertheless, the Steely Dan March to Madness marches on. It's not too late, I should point out. We could bring in a sponsor. True. But let's also bring in a guest because you right. and I don't get to decide this stuff. No. We bring in third parties and say, you take all the slings and arrows, or at least partially. So today we are going to be joined by a fellow podcast producer. He is the host and brains and the operation behind the records revisited podcast please welcome everybody mr ben montgomery ben how you doing doing well gentlemen how are we good 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 i'm glad you could put the name ben montgomery to it because I, in my notes i had the question uh, do i call you records or mr revisited <laughs> but now at least i know the name All right. right well i am just one half of the duo so um i do have a co-host wayne fugate is my co-host, but let, let's be honest. If you're on Twitter, which you guys are, I'm the man behind Twitter and the promotion and the scheduling and the editing. So yeah, okay. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm 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 the brains behind this. You're Mister Revisited. Okay, yes. we could strip Wayne's name out in post. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the podcast because um, it's a cool concept. You and I connected a long time ago and talked yeah. about maybe we should get together and do an old yacht rock record. But what do you do on the show? So we we have our guests pick an album that we that they want to talk about. We wanted to do something a little bit different, so we're we're mean bastards in that we make our guests score the record from favorite to least favorite. Mm. And we we come up with a cumulative top 5 from that record. And oh. um, yeah, so that's so it's it's a little bit of a like you guys are doing with this it's a it's a it's a drag out fight and yeah sometimes we're a little uh little um heated in our conversations about what should stay and what should go and um and honestly the beauty of the podcast is that um people consume music in different ways like we've done 280 records Whew. And um, we, I think we've only had like maybe eight unanimous top songs across the board where wow. us and the guests have agreed on a song. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Have you done what Steely Dan records have you done off the top? We of your haven't. Head? We haven't done any. Ooh. Oh, all right. We should so, do Asia. We'll, we'll be the guests, dude. <laughs> I, and 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 that will be that will be great because 
honestly, we, since we're coming up with a top five, you're only going to eliminate what two songs? No, oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. So that's that. Maybe do like the decade, the best of album, and then try. Yeah, that, that might actually be an interesting conversation. Yeah, yeah. that brings yeah. the FM into it. So yeah. 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 All right. Well, since we're talking about Steely Dan today, um, and you're our guest, so do you have? Uh, do you share a love for Steely Dan? How would you characterize your own fandom in the Steely Dan era? Yeah, I would say it's it's uh, it's complicated. Um, <laughs> my 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 dad was really into AM Gold um, type of stuff. That's why uh, I love Yacht Rock. Is that was kind of my introduction to music. He was a big Doobie Brothers fan, um, maybe not so much Doobie Brothers, but Michael McDonald, um, just that that whole era. And Steely Dan was all over AM Gold type stuff, as as you as you all know. I mean, um, a lot of the the songs that we're going to talk about were on AM Gold, and then years passed and. Um, I was working graveyard shift um, at eBay back in, I guess it was 98. And in order to stay awake, I would listen to music and I would go to the library on a regular basis and, uh, and check out CDs. And I checked out, I don't even remember which Steely Dan record I checked out, but it's reignited my love for Steely Dan. Mm. And, and, Back in the day, I would go through these these phases where I would just total deep dive and binge, yeah. and mm-hmm. that's all I listened to for a couple of months was just Steely Dan, Donald Fagan records. Yep. So well, good. Yeah, I do that on occasion still. Yeah, yeah that's where I'm at. Little did you know that you were training for this tournament the entire time. Yeah, your entire life has led to this moment. <laughs> it it, re- it really is. It really is. <laughs> all right. Well, let's dive in, John. Let's explain what's going on. Uh, okay. Would, I'm not even sure, so go for it. <laughs> well, I tried to keep this as loose as possible because, you know, we'd like to prep for our regular episodes, but this one is decidedly unprepped because we want the unknown factor to sort of play a, a big role here. So 64 songs. We have no play in games this time. So we have 64 songs that are from the Steely Dan or Donald Fagan solo catalog. And this list was compiled by myself and the seeds were done by me based on a few different criteria. And it was a combination of the uh, Yacht Rock scorings, the ones that are deemed to be the highest ranked in the Yachtsky scale, also then blended with just the general popularity, looking at play counts on Spotify, greatest hits albums, things like that. And then my own little uh, insertions of songs that I think are sort of under the radar songs that I think maybe don't show up on greatest hits albums or don't show up as major spins, but I think are really cultural favorites to people that like Steely Dan. So I've got 64 songs broken out into four regions. We're going to cover two of those regions today, and I'll give you the names of those regions. So we have the Bodacious Cowboys region. We have the West on Sunset region. We have a Mad About Brubeck region. And lastly, we have Dude Ranch Above the Sea region. So we are going to let our guests pick of those four regions where they would like to begin, and we'll start knocking tunes out. Um, I say we go with Brubeck. Oh, all right. right. 
Are you ready? Are you ready at home? Because everybody should have their bracket out and start filling in if you haven't made your bets already. You didn't let me have a bracket. You're saying that... <laughs> the listening audience. Oh, okay. The listening audience. Yeah, you can fill yeah. it out. Yep. All right. I'm seeing the evil genius going. Let's go. Let's <laughs> this do is this. the march to madness. All right, fire it up. John, you are playing Bob Eubanks today, right? So go yeah, for it. So uh, we a little modification to the rules we've done in the past. I'm going to present this to you guys, and you guys are each going to put forth what you think your song, which song should go through by whatever criteria you want to apply. In the event that you don't agree, then I will be, as MC, I will get to be the tiebreaker. So we're getting rid of the veto power that we've used in the past, and now we're going to use a tiebreaker. So why not start somewhere where we can put this to the test? And let's go straight to an 8-9 matchup. Mm. Jeez. 8-9 matchup, the closest we can get here. Let me get out my pencil so I can mark in the winners. Okay. We're in the Mad About Brewback region, and we're looking at the 8-9 matchup, which is Don't Take Me Alive. Earrings. Green earrings. I remember the rings of design. Yeah, the eight and nine matchups are always tough. Um, yes. That's where you get your upsets. I know, because I would I would take either one of those. Um I'm I I, I gotta go green earrings. Thomas, do you have a um, to that? Well, which seed is which? Oh, you can't do that. All right. right. Don't Take Me Alive is the eight seed, and Green Earrings is the nine. Okay, that was actually what I was afraid of, because I am going with (laughs) Don't Take Me Alive, the higher seed, and here's why. Okay. Because listener Steve, I think, suggested that song when I was looking to add songs to my Halloween on the Yacht playlist. He's like, Don't Take Me Alive might fit, and I put it on. So it's top of mind. I'm going with Don't Take Me Alive. You're going to have to break the tie right away. That's what you get for eight, nine. I'm going to allow Don't Take Me Alive to go through. Oh, boy. We're not being very nice to our, our no, guest right No, away. I mean, and you're 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 throwing out the guitar work. The guitar work on Green Earrings is one of my favorite this is favorites true. on, on this Steely is true. Dan records. So. Yep. Well, okay, well, this is where we give our, our, uh, our player an opportunity to quit now and take what they have, or would you like <laughs> to move on? Yeah. Okay. You know what? A couple more regular season wins. Uh, for the earrings team, and they maybe would have had a higher seed. So it's <laughs> yeah. their own. Fault. That's true. It's true. Look, if he if if he didn't pull a hammy in game sixteen, <laughs> there it is. Yeah. There it is. All right, let's move to. We'll stick. We'll we'll, uh, we'll stay in the difficult region um, of seeds. That is. So this is the number seven seed. Any major dude will tell you. Have you ever seen a squawk's tears? Well, look at mine. Against a Fagin solo, and this one's got a lot of sort of cultural favorite around it. This is Miss Marlene talking about bowling every Saturday night. Um, this is not even close. Any major dude will tell you is one of my favorite. All-time Steely Dan songs. 
pretzel logic for the win. <laughs> I'm going to agree. There's something about every Donald Fagan song that mentions a woman's name that just doesn't work for me. And this is one of them. So there's a few of those in here. So yeah, talking about you, Ruby. That's right. Yep. Yeah, there we go. And Security Joan, but that's not in this bracket. All right. I wholly agree. Oh, with it that. is. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh, boy. Sorry. It's a 16 seed. It's going down. All righty. Let's see. We'll stick with one that is a uh, a Fagan favorite. So this is a number three seed. I don't think this matchup is as easy as it seems based on a 314. So number three is Fagan's IGY. Against Steely Dan's number 14 seed of Showbiz Kids. Very different songs, so I could see where opinions could be very diverse on this. Showbiz Kids Drives Me Nuts (laughs) with the Lost Wages um, refrain. If they would have only done that for maybe, say, every 30 seconds instead of every three seconds, (laughs) maybe it would be a different story. Uh, I got to go IGY on this one. Tom, I'm going to agree uh, exactly what you said, which reminded me of something you didn't expound upon at the beginning, which is what I always come back to with Steely Dan and Becker and Fagan is the words, it's complicated. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much of their madness that I absolutely love and adore, but I will admit, uh, I still find it uh, an acquired taste. It's a a taste I've acquired now, but whenever I try to play some of this deeper stuff to like a a friend, they're like, what? Anyways, I love IGY. I feel like it's an extension of Steely Dan's catalog Mm -hmm. and I'm going with that. No problem. No question. No no question. Yeah. IGY is up there as high as any of the others. I mean, granted it's a number three seed. So let's look at, um, well, let's knock out that, uh, 116 matchup. It might be very obvious, but it's still interesting to hear uh, you guys expound on either, either of these songs. So the number one song is FM. And that's going against Security Joan from the Morph the Cat album. Well, I guess I'm I think Tom's already mentioned how much he loves <laughs> yeah. Joan. So, yes. um, I mean, you got to go no static at all, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a I blue blood. I don't, I don't think that's even a up for a debate. No, it's not. So FM, though, has somehow emerged as my current and now longstanding favorite Steely Dan song oh. out of nowhere. Never was before. Now I just can't get enough of that tune. So that's like... Um, I don't know. Duke of my era beating up on uh, Charlottesville North uh, A&M route going away. Yeah. 60 point blowout. Was that one cut during the like inner honor around the Asia sessions? Yeah. I believe exactly. it was in the Asia sessions yeah. and okay. then used for the soundtrack of the movie. All righty. That's what I thought. Um, well, while we're at it, let's look at the 215. And number two seed in this region is Kid Charlemagne. Get 
And number 15 is King of the World. No matter how it goes in the promised land, there's a hole in the ground where they used to grow. Considering that I can't even remember it, <laughs> that's prop. That's probably an indication of who I'm picking for this one. Tom, what do, what do, what do you got? Yeah, this is also Larry Carlton on guitar, isn't it? And Kid Charlemagne, going from oh, memory. Yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. It, it's, Sam, yeah. yeah, yeah. If so, if FM's Duke, this is North Carolina, the other blue yeah. blood in this region. Yeah, it's not going to be close for me. Send them through. Send them through. No argument here. Now. I'm going to look at the 611 here. The 611 matchup, uh, there are certain songs to me that despite being big, big hits for Steely Dan, don't really sound like Steely Dan. And I think the most obvious one of that is Reeling in the Years. And so that's the number six seed here. And it's going against a deep cut, but a deep cut that definitely sounds like what we know Steely Dan to become, and that's Barrytown. I can see by what you carry that you come from Barrytown. Yeah, that. Yeah, Barrytown's good. Um, and I love the story behind Barrytown as well. I don't know that story. What is the story? Well, I think the story behind that is that was where uh, Barrytown was near um, Annandale, where Bard College is. So hmm. it's okay. so I think that the story is it's pretty much um, autobiographical. Autobiographical. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Yeah. Um, for me, not interesting enough to knock off Reeling no. in the Years, though. No. Uh, I'm afraid this this uh, region is awfully chalky, John. I know. All the all the chalk's going well, through. Well, Reeling but- in the Years, I thought, would be kind of tricky because, to me, that doesn't really sound like Steely Dan. You, you mean, could say you know that I mean? about a lot of the Can't Buy a Thrill. I mean, that I think right. that, that, that has a lot to do with David Palmer singing on a couple of the songs. I mean... For yeah. the longest time, I didn't. I didn't think "Dirty Work" was a Steely Dan song. I didn't Same. know who who sang it. I'm, and then when I found out, oh yeah, that's Steely Dan. I'm like, it's not Fagin. Well, like the guitar lead on "Reeling in the Years," that 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 fuzzy tone is so different from what we know of later when it becomes, like we say, Larry Carlton sounding. But well, is that is that Skunk that's playing the the guitar on that? It's, it's actually Elliot Randall. Okay. That played that. And there's a thing that Rick Beato did about it because apparently that's been cited as uh, by Jimmy Page as his favorite guitar solo or guitar work that he's ever heard. Oh, really? Yeah. Other than his own playing, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> okay, let's see what happens next. Uh, Tom wants something that isn't chalky, but I can't guarantee it because I'm not the one doing the picks. Number four seed is Sign In Stranger. You Deep cut from, again, uh, Royal Scam. And then the Boston Rag, which is the song that hooked me on Steely Dan many years ago. Bring back the Boston Rag. Tell all you buddies that it ain't no rag. I'm going to let our guests go first here. What do you think? That is a, that's actually the first 
tough matchup, though, I think we've had. That might be my favorite song on, or like Boston Rig might be my favorite song on Countdown. Because you've mm-hmm. got you got Denny Diaz on one guitar. Who's the other guitarist on that? Probably Skunk at that point, I would guess. I think that's yeah. Skunk. I'm, uh, yeah, I bet that's Skunk. Um, I'm going Boston Rag. Hmm. The Boston Rag is one of those songs I'm conflicted about. Oh, um, okay. I can't tell if it's super catchy or super annoying. Which is, <laughs> hey, that's Steely Dan. So right. I am it's going complicated. to put it through. Um, it's I like it enough to overcome Sign and Stranger. So it advances. Unless John, you want a veto? But we no, got rid of I don't veto. get a, I don't get a veto power. But I totally agree with that. As I said, that's the one that hooked me. And to me, that's one of the first songs because it's still on the second album, early on in their catalog, where I'm really starting to hear where they're going to be headed yeah. to yeah. on that one. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so Boston goes through. Is that the whole region? Nope, we got one more in the region oh. here. And that would be possibly another one that can be considered annoying to people. Uh, that's Bad Sneakers. That's the five seed. Bad Sneakers and the Pina Colada, my friend. Against another uh, deep cut, late era Fagan tune. This is off of Sunken Condos. The number 12 seed is Planet Deronda. And if you want to hear some amazing jazzy guitar work, it's an actually a, a Berkeley College of Music cat that plays on that one. And who does he have some stuff? All right. Is that enough to overcome the higher seed bad sneakers? No. <laughs> Jeff Jeff Bercaro on drums on bad sneakers is just it takes it to another level. And then of course, you know, I'm I'm a huge Michael McDonald fan and you hear Michael on the backing vocals. So yeah. Bad sneakers. It's an iconic song bad really sneakers. for them. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, feel yeah. like Bad Sneakers is a Steely Dan fan favorite. So kind of like the Wichita State Jackrabbits. Uh, <laughs> you got just, notes over there, right? You got all these teams. No, no. I'm going to drop all these in. The, yeah. They're just fun to root for. Is there a Loyola Marymount reference in there somewhere? Yeah, we always talk about Sister Jean. Yeah, I know. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but this is, a, yeah, Wichita State advances. Okay. So just looking ahead in the uh, Mad About Brubeck region. Uh, we have FM that will go against Don't Take Me Alive in the future. We have Bad Sneakers is going to go against the Boston Rag. Reeling in the years, we'll have to take on IGY. Ooh, a couple of shuffles going that's at each gonna, other. That's going to be tough. And then any any major dude advanced, and that will face Kid Charlemagne. So... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Round two, decidedly more difficult, I think, in this region. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, we kind of knew that with the, that uh, as deep as their catalog is, the top top is so stellar mm-hmm. that it's hard to think that a one and a 16 could really match up. But no. we still have another uh, ha- another region, half of a bracket, quarter of a bracket to go. This is going to be now the other half, the other portion of this side. So we've got the Dude Ranch above the sea 
region. Tom, where did that name come from? Dude Ranch Above the Sea? That's a, a lyric. Right. I don't I'm remember like, what, what song it's from, though. You sent it to me. so I, I know. I heard it one yeah. day. I'm like, all right, Above the Sea? That sounds yachty. And it, it got a couple dings from the bun pal, uh, pun right. bell. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to pick my category, uh, okay. Alex. Let's go um, night by night for 500. All right. Because you know that's my favorite tune. That is your favorite. That's like your Steely Dan goes jam band uh, yes, sort of exactly. tune is your description of that. So, so it's up there with going... FM and Josie, by the way. Those are my top three. So Okay. We all wanted to know that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, night by night, five seed. It's a Vegas life, said the queen of Spain. But don't tell it to a poor man. Because he's got to kill for every thrill. Against monkey in your soul. Night by night, just no reason to discuss it. Go. Skunk Baxter, nope. Jeff Picaro, done. No no need to discuss that. Night by night. Oh, good. I was just teeing no, that up, but you no, agree. You no, like I, that tune, Ben? I, I love that tune. Yeah. That That is one of the few that never quite hooked me. I can't believe it. Okay. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have put the other through, but still, that song doesn't get me the way it gets you guys. For I some mean, reason. how good is the guitar on that album? Oh, well, so yeah, that good. song, yeah, it's just oh, and yeah. Some of the Baccaro turnarounds are just worth their weight in gold, right there. Cuervo gold, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let's right. get um, the eight and nine seat out of the way, John, only because I I don't really know these tunes, and I'm going to totally defer to Ben. Since when are you driving the bus here? I was going to save that one for last. <laughs> All right, save it for last then. All right, we're going to come back to that. Okay. Let's look at the 413. So number four is a very popular Steely Dan song, though it did not appear on a actual album. We're talking here at the Western World. And that was, I believe, out of the Royal Scam Sessions. Is that correct? Anybody know that? That is correct. Okay, so here at the Western World, it goes up against number 13, which is Razor Boy. Will you still have a song to sing when the Razor Boy comes and takes your fancy things away? Yeah, that's not even a a fight. Razor Boy. Yeah. I would t- I would have to say Countdown to Ecstasy is probably my least favorite Steely Dan record. There's not a whole lot of memorable songs to me on that particular album, and Razor Boy is not super memorable. Yeah, I agree with you about the album. Um, so you're going uh, here at Western World in yeah. a Runaway, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to fight you on that. That was on Decade, right? Yeah, that ended I think up it being got on released decade. on. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, that song. The more I hear it, I don't hear it all that often because generally I'm listening to the albums. I don't go to the greatest hits, mm-hmm. so I miss that one a lot. Right. But every time it comes on in one of my shuffles, I'm just, oh, that is so gold. It, it really is. So yep. here at the Western World goes through. All righty, <laughs> we kind of had a laugh about this song. Uh, the number eleven seed. Uh, we talked about through with Buzz, Tom, because it is the least wordy song of all. Because it, it, it deserved, I couldn't believe once it caught my attention that it's like a three or four word verse, and then boom, they're right to the chorus. It is the shortest, least wordy song of all time. You know I'm through with Buzz. Yes, I'm. 
Buzz is going up against the uh, one of the standard bearers in terms of hits for Steely Dan, and that's Ricky Don't Lose That Number. Ricky Don't Lose That Number You Don't Wanna Call Nobody Else I mean... Yeah, through through with Buzz. I'm like, I'm with you, Tom. Like, how did this even make it? It's a minute and a half. It, I, it's I, an eleven seed too. And I don't even, I don't even know. Is it about drugs? Is it? Is it? Cause, cause, yeah, I don't know. Um, Ricky, Ricky's going through. This is like an Ivy League team getting overseeded. You know, don't even belong in the tournament, but somehow they're an eleven. Yeah. Uh, so Cornell is going down to Ricky. Don't lose that number. <laughs> yeah, because they play in a different, you know, in a lesser uh, conference. Right. So they rack up twenty three wins, and <laughs> yeah, and they're playing other ninety second songs. You know, yeah. which are just cupcakes. Yeah, I mean, like Beach Boys. Right. All right. Uh, let's look at the seven ten because this gives us uh, another one from the Royal Scam album. Number seven is the Caves of Altamara. Versus one of Donald Fagan's, uh, I think one of his better later years solo tunes, because I kind of lost, I I thought he sort of lost the sound a little bit after uh, The Nightfly, and I kind of wasn't as into some of the later ones. But this is off of Morph the Cat. It'd be considered the hit off of that, and that was H Gang. I'll just tee up that I th- I'm smelling an upset here for me personally. Uh, to me, it definitely sounds later post Steely Dan in terms of production, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. But I do think I like the song more than I like Case of Ultimara. So I'm going to throw that gauntlet down to you, sir. Ben, what do you got? I wasn't super familiar with Morph the Cat until this week, and I re-listened to it, and I can see why you picked that song. Um. I will probably say the reason why I would pick H Gang over Kegs of Altamara is that song sounds like they were listening to a lot of Chicago mm. with the horn parts. The horn parts are super 70s Chicago to me, and um, I just didn't think that was Steely Dan. It felt more I like... I heard a, that too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it felt more like Chicago. So let's go with the upset. Let's go H Gang. They didn't have like Pankow or anything in the horn section of that song, did they, John? I don't think so. I don't. But think I so. heard the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, upset. Th- cool. For the record, I would have picked H Gang as well. So we would have oh, three for look three. At that. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Number three seed, Glamour Profession. Versus the number 14 seed, My Old School. Nothing like a song about being double-crossed by a woman in a drug deal. Um, <laughs> this is the madness of Donald Fagan. I, oh, I mean, it. come on. Um, I do like My Old School. What was the other one? Glamour profession. 
Yeah. Some interesting drug lyrics in that one. There, there <laughs> is as well. Is that, is that what we did? Put the, yeah. We put the Not two. By design. We put the no. two druggy schools up against each other. <laughs> yeah. right, so this is Miami, Miami. Florida against USC. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go my old school. Ooh, in the upset? Yeah. So am I, because okay. I am not crazy about the sounds on Gaucho, which John quite knows. And that yep. glamour profession tune is exactly exemplary of the kind of meh yeah. feeling I get out of Gaucho. So it's heavy sounds Wendell like on Wendell, that one. yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, yeah, just, it's too static. Like, not doesn't go anywhere up or down. But I do like my old school anyway. So I think they were upset-minded no matter who they were going to play. Stoners, sober yep. people, whatever. <laughs> I once had to learn the piano part for my old school for a gig I was going to sit in on. The gig never transpired, but going in and transcribing and learning that piano part gave me a new appreciation for that song. So I think I would have gone the same way. Okay. That's a huge upset. 14 over three. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Then let's move to the 215. And we have a Fagan solo tune here. Possibly his most popular, right? Uh, New Frontier. That should have been in the Mad About Brubeck region. Now, how did yep. that happen? Anyway, I don't know. Uh, who did you say put this all together? Uh, no, I, I don't know. <laughs> it was mailed to me okay. <laughs> in an unmarked plain brown wrapper. Uh, so, New Frontier versus Pearl of the Quarter. Very deep cut. I walked alone down the miracle mile. I met my baby by the shrine of the martyr. Those deep cuts, though. Sometimes they have a cult following. True, true. Singing vooly vooly voo. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm going. That would be Abba, though. Yeah, I'm going New Frontier. Yeah, it's one of my favorite. That's a Fagan solo, right? Yeah, yeah it's right yeah. there. It's one at of the my very favorites. tip top of their stuff. I think. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Easy peasy. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's do the 116 while we're at it. Uh, this uh, now, Tom, going back to your. Less than infatuation with Gaucho at times. Be interesting to see how you feel about Babylon Sisters. You know what I think about Babylon Sisters. Babylon Sisters. That's the number one seed in this region going up against another solo Fagin tune off of Nightfly, and that's Greenflower Street. Be my guest. I'll let the guest go first. Um, yeah, Bab- Babylon Sisters. The thing about Babylon Sisters is, it to me, it could belong on Asia. Because isn't that Purdy playing the drums there? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. is the Purdy shuffle, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yep. So, um, it's because... The, it fe- it's the least gaucho-sounding song on gaucho. True. Agreed. Yeah. So, which is probably why I like it the best. <laughs> um, and it's also why I have no qualms putting it through, because I, I love that song, despite my rather tepid emotional connection to Gaucho otherwise. Yeah. Well, you know, I agree with that. To me, that that's not the only one, but that would be one of the handful of songs that I would pick up if someone said, well, what what's one song that defines the sound of Steely Dan? That would be one of the, mm. the few that I would put forth. Yep. Okay, now you got to get your thinking caps on, or at least your deep cut listening caps, because 
this was the one intentional matchup that I created. So this is the 8-9 in this region, and it's more about uh, do you like the original or do you like the remake? And this uh, is your gold teeth. Yeah. You throw out your gold teeth. Do you see how they roll? Against your gold teeth. Too. Throw out your gold teeth and see how they roll. The answer they reveal Life is unreal Um, well So what are these albums from? Like, when when did these come out? Just so people know So, Gold Teeth, the original Countdown to Ecstasy Mm -hmm. Katie Lied is the second The second one, right Mm -hmm. Um, first one is Seven minutes long (laughs) The next one is A Five minutes long, but it's better. So I'm going. I'm I'm going two. Who plays drums on the Katie Lied one? Well, Ooh, I, think I don't you know, know the answer to that. Is it's that Picaro? Well, that Picaro plays on every song on that except for one. I yeah. know Hell Blaine plays on one, but it's not that one. So that's Picaro. And I'm assuming he was not the drummer on the original. No, he would not have been on, count- on so, Countdown. No. I mean, why are we still talking? Right? I see. I see where you're going. You're bleeding us there. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually, I agree. I think the remake, if you want to call it that, is better. It's They take it into a whole jazzy waltz area yeah. with some really odd time. I mean, to call it a waltz, it, it spends very little time in three, but it flirts with being in three. It's Try and count that song. That, that'll be your homework assignment, Tom. Whenever you tell me to do that, I end up losing my mind. So no, thank oh. you. Oh, I thought you never uh, did the homework. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, let me too. recap. Let me I recap. use Chat GPT to do this now, <laughs> <laughs> don't we all? So Babylon Sisters got through, and that's got to go up against your Gold Teeth Two. Moving forward, we got Night by Night has to take on here at the Western World. Ricky, don't lose that number. Got through, beating out through with Buzz. Nobody knows how that happened, but uh, <laughs> it's got to face off against my old school. And then another upset dandy was H Gang, and that's a. Fagan solo that has to face another Fagan solo, probably the most iconic of all the Fagan solo tunes, and that is New Frontier. And that, my friends, is the one side of the March to Madness bracket. Awesome, baby! Done, done. <laughs> cool. Well, Ben, thank you for helping us out here. Um, tell us again, what, what do you got planned on the horizon for the Records Revisited podcast? And in that uh, sort of parenthetical question, are there boundaries, either eras or years that you like to stick within, or is it anything goes? Anything goes. In fact, um, I just had a guest confirm he, they want to do a Towns Van Zant record. Hmm. So his his first record from what was that nineteen sixty nine, so that is going to be lumped around um, Big Bang Boom from Hall and Oates. Oh, I wish I was and, on that one. And yeah. uh, Counting Crows recovering the satellite. So and I would be your guest on that. So one. <laughs> we're we're all over the place. We we really are. Um, we is it ha- weekly? We it is weekly. Okay, and uh, like I like I mentioned, we we let our guests pick. Uh, we do have Patreon supporters as well. So at a certain level, um, with their contributions, they get to join us for episodes that they pick as well. Cool. And so so a couple of those are the the Hollow Notes and the Counting Crows. Those are uh, those are our Patreon 
episodes. What is the best way for people to find you? Just search Records Revisited on yeah. typical podcast. Yeah, we're 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 out there. We've been doing this for you know four and a half, five years, whatever it is. Um, so we're out there. And cool. and if you don't like you know like this upcoming episode is adamant friend or foe um they may not like that but they love that but they may like um you know one of our tom petty episodes or a bob dylan episode or desperate but not serious for the win and that oh that's good tune yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, although it was it strip or stripped What's it's that? Strip. It's the strip. one after that. Yeah. That was the next album. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's the next album. Good. That's my favorite Adam Anson. What podcast are we at? Now we're on his podcast. Wait, what's going on? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for coming on on our initial March to Madness. You got us halfway there, and we're going to be back next week, John, with round two. I suppose. Yeah, we no, will. Round one B. The other half. Right. All right. Well, thanks again. It will, uh, I guess we're heading to a lightning round. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, I suppose the uh, March to Madness is afoot. We have set sail. It is officially underway. Yeah. Before we uh, dive into the lightning round. Jeez. I gotta, <laughs> just want to make sure that pun bell's working. Wow. All right. This is, yeah, it's great. You're getting dusty. So, have you, have you ever heard the term low-lying fruit? No, what's that? Okay, never mind. Move on. Okay. <laughs> All right. Is there some sort of pun involved? Or low-hanging fruit, I guess, is the term. Yeah. No, it's oh. no pun. Okay. All right. Well, that's no fun. So I was just going to ask you, have you filled out a bracket, and do you have your predicted winner somewhere? Uh, I do. In the back of my mind, I have not written it down. But, uh, but yes, I have one that I think is a winner, and then I have one that I think is a sleeper. Okay, I'll do the same. I okay. have my winner. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I got a sleeper. Um, is it still alive after the first half of round one? Yes, because neither of them are in that half. So, ooh, yeah. okay, all right, uh, very good. Let's. Uh, do you want to go first and tell us what you've found at sea? Sure. I did a little bit of searching. Uh, we got on the subject of uh, Gaucho a little bit in that uh, first half because you you and uh, Ben talked about how that album maybe doesn't uh, blow your dress up as much. And so I knew that there were some outtakes from that era, most uh, notably is one called The Second Arrangement. But first I wanted to show you this one I found. So I just put in the criteria of Gaucho, Steely Dan, outtakes. And up came one here that supposedly has Steve Gadd on drums. It's kind of a lo-fi demo, maybe a cassette rip or something. But this is a pretty interesting song. I'm surprised that it uh, didn't make the cut. This is called Kind Spirit. sophisticated groove and everything going on it's pretty well developed it is i felt like if i would have guessed it was an outtake of asia because it's so sophisticated do you think that 
became an outtake because it didn't fit with some of the more straightforward stuff in Gaucho? Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it was something that was developed during Asia or like post-Asia and then didn't feel like it fit with where Gaucho ended up. Yeah. Because it was a long uh, period that took them to kind of finish Gaucho, so... Right. Well, I wish I could have heard that finish, though. That would have yeah. been great. Well, it's yeah. not too late. All right. What do you got there? What would you find at sea? Well, in a similar vein, I suppose, because I'm staying on theme in that it's Donald Fagan. Uh, in a video I found, hmm. just kind of doing some legwork for some other things in a future episode, and I found Fagan in a, a fairly modern interview discussing why he prefers the Rhodes over, say, a digital keyboard or a synth. Mm-hmm. And I'll let him say it and then get your reaction if you want to get into why electric pianos instead of digital pianos or synthesizers that's the really important thing is it's simply you can tune a Rhodes and you can stretch it like a a piano tuner normally stretch tunes an acoustic piano um, because you know the big secret is that uh, digital instruments and synthesizers um, Unless there's some new developments I don't know about, um, uh, you know, the top end is flat and the bottom end is sharp. It's just mathematics. I, it's funny. I found this coincidentally as I've been sort of pondering the roads in that my take on I'm trying to figure out, like, why did, was it so prominent during this era? And the thing I stumbled upon, get your thoughts on this, is... It had the benefit of bringing a new synthetic kind of sound to the palette, yeah. but it still retained the um, percussiveness of like an organic instrument in, in the way that Fagan just described. So do you think that's why people were so infatuated with it? Yes, I do. I think that it, uh, you're right. It gave something different than the piano. So it was something that sounded more modern, at least at the time. But because you were, you had actual hammers still hitting actual tines inside that as you hit louder or hit harder it wouldn't just get louder as maybe on a synth or something you would get a change not you know in the tonality of the note not necessarily just get brighter like a synth you can program to as you hit it harder it can get brighter but that's not all that happened when you hit a Rhodes harder it didn't just get brighter it changed you got that bark out of it and so it gave you that range that a piano could do because every note was a little bit different but like you say it was suddenly it was a plug-in technology and something that they could take on the road easier even though it you know by today's standards, very difficult to carry your roads around, but it's certainly easier than taking a piano and having a piano tuner with you at every stop. Yep, exactly. Well, we are the beneficiaries of that technology because I just I got sick of that sound in the mid '80s, and now I fell in love with it all over again. Yeah. And I'm not sick of it yet again. Right. So, all right. Cool. Well, I am going to switch gears to talk about a buried treasure, Okay, which may not feel very buried to you, but um, it certainly is in the sort of common um, playlists in terms of Yacht Rock. And so we've got Night Fly, right? Right. Fagan. I want to talk about Night Walker by Gino Vanelli. All right. Blame it on the night. So, yeah, no, let's try to stay focused. Okay. That is me focused. So I've had this in my list forever. I never... It's just gotten buried and buried and buried, hence the buried treasure. But for one, they don't really play this much. I play it all the time now because I love this song. And what I love about it in... It's not does it float your boat, but it does. It's this song floats my boat and rocks my boat at the same time, which is why I hit my note. Is this song smooth or is it rocking? Thoughts. Well, it's dark in the night. 
Well, I'll tell you, that whole album is my favorite of his from that era because it yeah. sounds so good. It, um, it has all the texture of Yacht Rock, but it is. It, his stuff was always more aggressive than Yacht Rock. Sort of those ballads kind of flirt, but a lot of his other stuff uh, was very, uh, not, maybe not quite progressive rock, but it brought fusion into it. And I think you get a little bit of that energy there that is what you're hearing. And I, I could take that Nightwalker album top to bottom. Yeah, me too. Me too. All right. Well, that is a buried treasure. So if you're not hearing that in a playlist, put it in your own post haste. All right. What do you got for a buried treasure? Well, the most famous probably buried treasure of the Steely Dan catalog is that, as I said before, a song called The Second Arrangement, which was supposedly being recorded for Gaucho. And as legend has it, an engineer inadvertently erased part of it. And it so upset Fagan, or they never really felt like they could recapture what they had going on. They had some magic in their mind. It was mojo and could never recapture it. So they just gave up and said, well, forget that song. Well, people for decades now have been trying to reassemble it, trying to uh, figure out what maybe the final version was supposed to sound like. But what I found when I went looking was what this reveals is that there, when we've talked about how Walter and Donald would bring in entire different bands from one day to the next to play the same song. I think my mind goes to, okay, they've got this arrangement for a song like Peg, and we brought in this group of guys to play it. And then the next day we brought in this entirely different group of guys to play it, but they're playing the same arrangement, the same thing. They're just trying to get a different feel. This here almost reveals that they were willing to completely reimagine the song in entirely different ways. So here's a site I found uh, that has two different demo versions of the second arrangement. One that is more flushed out, has more, has backup vocals in it and has drums in it and sounds a bit like this. And then there's a second one on there that uh, is actually of better fidelity, but it's primarily just piano, bass, and a couple Rhodes flourishes. And you can see that this, they don't have any drums in it yet. They haven't figured that part out yet, whether that was going to be added later or whether Wendell. this was just, yeah, Wendell, or whether this was just demo, but it's an entirely different feel. And it goes like this. So, uh, you know, the madness, again, we just don't know what their, you know, how they, how they, what their process looked like still is something I can't quite figure out. No. And of course we have no personnel groupings uh, down on paper for each of those two no. sessions. No. No. Wouldn't that be maybe, cool to yeah, know? They've done far more research than me might know, but no. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I thought the same as you. I would think they were just playing the same arrangement and whichever band got the feel Closest yeah. the first time, that's who gets it. But anyway, yep. Inside the uh, madness, the once madness. again. All right, off the map. Yes, I uh, actually this could have been almost a found at sea or message in a bottle because I had posted this song in one of the uh, yacht rock groups. One of those days when we were talking about stuff other than just pure yacht rock, and this was more one of those songs from that era that 
came across one of my shuffles and it was the, I uh, forgot that I forgot this one. And uh, it was a pretty deep cut and it got quite a bit of response in the group of people like, oh yeah, I remember this one. Oh, I love this song. We used to roller skate to this one, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, but this was a song by Terry Desario with KC as in KC and the Sunshine Band. And it was released like late 1979, early 1980. I found it on a Casablanca Records compilation. So there's a Yacht Rock tie-in, Casablanca. Yeah. And this is called Yes, I'm Ready. Remember this one? Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. To fall in love. To fall in love. To fall in love with you. I do remember it, but I'm trying to solidify in my brain do i know this version or do i know the original motown version from 1965 by barbara mason That's right right because that one did go to number two on the r&b chart so i i kind of had the same thing uh interestingly kc and desario apparently were high school mates so kc oh, was yeah. producing her second album and the label president had the idea of them doing this as a duet it presented the song and so uh it did pretty well it peaked at number two on the uh, U.S. Hot 100 and stayed there for two weeks with Queen's Crazy Little Thing Called Love was the one that held it off from hitting number one. Oh, yeah. There wow. Isn't that funny, though, how that song is like just in the, uh, what's the word? Uh, where Are They Now file? No, the, the <laughs> no, one, yeah, the, well, the song you just said, Yes, yeah. I'm Ready, is Where Are They Now file? But yeah. the other one is just in the common zeitgeist of culture worldwide. Yeah. You know, I think everybody knows that song. It's yeah. funny. Isn't that funny? Hmm. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to go way off the map as well, um, but it's sort of staying within the madness theme. Ooh. I want to credit listener Derek for putting together this really cool playlist that he calls Coast to Coast, the high-tech edition. Oh. And what, what he's done is he's tried to find things that are not necessarily yachty, but maybe have their roots conceptually in Yacht Rock, but with a more modern sound. And it could be anything from smooth jazzy type stuff to, in this case, I'm going to bring up a song by the Alan Parsons Project, which he introduced me to. I don't think I've ever knew this song before. Do you know it? And then we'll come back and talk about it. It's called Days Are Numbers, The Traveler. So, wondering if you remember that one now that you've heard it. It's from the 1985 album Vulture Culture. I uh, I do remember it vaguely, and I can certainly hear the yacht attachment, particularly in that section we played with the uh, sax and all of that and the groove going on. My thing with Alan Parsons, it's one of those bands that should have everything that I like, but I had difficulty getting into them. And I figured out why, because my first step trying to get into them was I bought a Greatest Hits. And that is not the way to absorb Alan Parsons. You have to understand that every album is a concept, and you have to digest each album as it is, as a whole piece of art, and top to bottom. So once I did that, I understood it, and I got it. 
Well, I say I get this song because this song, he, Derek turned me on to it. I didn't even know it. Although I did recognize the melody, so I know I've heard it before. But, um, man, it, this song is sucralose to me. It is just sweet. It's good. I love it. <laughs> I can't stop listening to it. So thank you to the listener, Derek. I am going to link to the Spotify playlist because it's chock full of things like this. Not all in that vein, but it's right. all like, oh, my gosh, great. There's a lot of Michael Franks and stuff like mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. his post-yacht stuff. So, anyways, good stuff, uh, listener, Derek. Yeah. And so goes round one, part A of our March to Madness tournament. And what does that A stand for? Ahoy polloi. Ahoy polloi.